Welcome to Verso, an arts and culture podcast from Phillips. I'm your host, Beth Lissick. On each show, we bring together two guests from the art world to have a live, socially distanced conversation about what's on their minds right now. It was bound to happen. Data science has found the art world. Today, I'm talking to the founders of ArtTicker, a new search tool exclusive to Philips that charts the media coverage of artists on the rise in real time. It's kind of like a Shazam for the art world that harnesses the power of data science to predict market trends. I got to talk to ArtTicker's inventors, Tomasz Imielinski, a computer scientist and professor at Rutgers University, and his son, Konrad Imielinski, a data scientist. We talked about how this tool came to be and what it can do. So tell me all about ArtTicker. What does it do? Yeah, so uh, ArtTicker is the largest non-price database of information about artists in the world. I can I can say it with a confidence now. And we have millions of articles which are indexed by hundreds of thousands of artists' names. And these articles come from, believe it or not, numbers differ, but it's 16,000 sources. This, these are literally small art blogs, newsletters, universal newsletters. We index them all. And ending on on the other end, New York Times art section and hyperallergic and you know and uh, Guardian and international you know Le Figaro you know international uh, Chinese uh, sources. So we are all over the world and we continuously expanding. It's it's a moving target. It's a database. But uh, what do we do with it? That's a key, you know. And and so one of the key points is that for each artist we have this media index or media score which signifies uh, this artist's presence in the media so so that's kind of an alternative value and so what do we do with this value we discover trends how artists are trending and that's something which is very economics driven and i will probably leave it to conrad a little bit because it's a it's a media share it's not an absolute value it's what share of the media does this artist command? Well, yeah, maybe to visualize it better. Um, so essentially, we have this entire art media market. So you can think of it as one giant pie. And each artist has, you know, a slice in this pie. So we're most curious about how these slices evolve over time. And the end result is you can get kind of a, a long run evolution for each artist. And sometimes it goes back as far as, you know, the 1960s, the 1940s. We're trying to kind of mine all articles. We kind of have this academic rigor to this process. Right. Can you talk about who ArtTicker is designed for? Originally, it was meant for collectors. You know, my, my wife, Selena, is a, is a collector and she loves art and she always uh, would drag me to those galleries, uh, which I really dislike, uh, to be honest, the most uh, because I like art, you know, but I really didn't don't like the sales pitches and, and you know, like always kind of, of course, focus on selling. And I would always be very doubtful about, you know, like, is this true? I mean, how is this information? Maybe it's true, you know, I'm not doubting that it's not true, but how how does it compare to other artists? And my background in search engines and data mining and my as a computer scientist, I was thinking, well, that should be easy to measure, right? In other words, scenario like this, I, I come to the gallery and I'm told about such and such artists. And the gallerist is telling me, oh, you know, it's great. It's going to be fantastic, you know, and I want to be able to check, you know, I want to be able to validate what uh, what is being told about this artist. But then later it became a tool at Philips for specialists. 
And that was a pleasant finding for us that even such experts uh, as specialists find it useful. And we have like a loyal kind of a user base inside Philips of specialists who look uh, and track artists and and use it. Conrad, can you talk about how trends in the art market were previously tracked before ArtTicker? How did they come up with, with the valuations? So yeah, just like the data itself they were dealing with, there were only a handful of kind of trend products which were publicly available. But the issue is, is that they were all relying on price, just price data. And the issue uh, with the art market, it's an opaque market with infrequent pricing data. And majority of prices aren't even reported, especially in the primary market. There hasn't really been any promising tools. So it's like you have to look at heuristics to kind of address this issue of transparency in the market. There was also an option of just looking at exhibition data solely. So that's a nice heuristic. You can see, you know, where an artist has been exhibiting and try to create a trend from the evolution of his exhibitions. But that again is also very sparse. Like Amuako Boafo, kind of the current emerging star, Ghanaian figurative painter, he had only one solo exhibition in 2020. So you have one data point, you can't construct a trend from this, as opposed to how we kind of thought along the process of, you know, having a, a data rich alternative, which is the media. So from our perspective, you know, Boafo has been so rich in the media in 2019, 2020, you can literally contextualize his entire movement through using our data. We know that, you know, oh, what impact did his collaboration with Dior have? What about his solo show at Robert Projects or, or all the talk about him at Art Basel? So we're really trying to not only quantify, but contextualize his career. And we can go back when that artist was not famous at all. Nothing would be even recorded on the prices. And we can show the very rich history, like the pre-discovery, pre-star period. Price is one measure of the artist's success, right? But the story is another. I just want to go back to the beginning uh, for a minute to if you could talk about your process in developing it and if you had like an aha moment while you were making it, realizing what it was doing. That's a great question. Uh, I, I want to say the, the aha moment because that is a very definite aha moment and, I, and I'll tell you and I think you, you will enjoy it. In 2017, we were in Scotland and we were uh, working on our ticket, of course, as we do all the time, but we were also golfing and hiking. And, and the name which was appearing more and more was Chabalala Self, an incredible artist who since then made the real spectacular race, right? And we found her very early and we just like, who is Chabalala Self? We looked at her art, it was beautiful, right? So Selena, my wife, she said like, wait a minute, she has an exhibition in Glasgow. We are in Northern Scotland. So why don't we drive there? She called and they said, yeah, you know, we're being interested in her art, but we have a painting available of her, right? So Selena was like, let's go and buy it. You know, let's look at what Artikel is telling you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but uh, sorry, Artikel, you know, sorry. I didn't trust Artikel enough. Today, I would, I would have done the trip, right? But then it was a beautiful day and we went golfing and we didn't buy that painting. And I mean, what happened later was she took the arts by storm. Her paintings are now like, uh, she's a blue chip artist practically. And, and I am, from my perspective, I just, we just love her paintings. 
We just love her paintings. And we just didn't trust Artikel enough. So after that, what we saw, we said like, well, let's take Artikel seriously, you know? Wow, that's a great story. Well, we talked about all the things that Artikel can do that humans can't do, processing all just enormous amounts of data. But are there sometimes that it comes up with different conclusions than humans would? So kind of measuring your right. instincts against the data. Right. So I think that the good example of, of what, and sometimes these are controversial examples, in 2019, uh, someone who got tremendous amount of news was David Datuna, who ate the famous banana, oh, yeah. uh, Catalan's uh, banana. He was covered all over the place and his score before was just minuscule, right? Yeah. Can you just explain that for people who don't know yeah. about the banana? So Marito Catalan, I think at Art Basel, Miami, 2019, had a, a very talked about, very controversial piece of just exposing a banana with tape on a wall and it being sold, I think, for 80000 So it was a critical piece of the contemporary art market. And I think a few days later, David Detuna, a performance artist, so he's classified as an artist in our system. So he ate it. So that was his kind of performance piece. And yeah, this reaction uh, just garnered a lot of coverage from very reputable sources. So, you know, so so it would be based on Artikel, who were the top five names of 2019, you know, Datuna was there. And we were we were hesitating about okay well should we really even list him there and I remember we had discussions with our Philips colleagues and everybody was saying no absolutely you have to include him you know can you only use our ticker if you're a Philips client or how does that collaboration work I showed it to a number of people and and the consensus was that would be very valuable for a single entity which can take advantage of of, of the information and when we met with Philips we had this kind of meeting of the minds. So it is exclusive to Philips. The relationship is exclusive to Philips and Philips is using it, uh, probably number one use is internal for specialists. For example, uh, Conrad is working with proposals department, which, you know, they, they have to make a pitch to a consigning, uh, to a person who owns the art and, you know, and they ask us for reports, which they strengthen their case. Definitely, we are very happy with specialists using this. For clients, and there's a couple of ideas, but it's not yet beyond the bulletin, which we publish every day on Philips' website. So it's a computer algorithm generating every day 10 names of artists who are special, for, for, for whom that day is special. That's maybe not art history, but it's an art history for them. So that's the only public. The public has, has access to this. So the specialists at Philips are getting this information from Art Ticker. And then in the collaboration, do you take any information from the specialists and incorporate that into your product? We had a number of uh, great meetings where we just asked the specialists, what would you like to see, right, in Art Ticker? And probably the most important feedback which we are acting on was the Hong Kong office, you know, in, in Philips, because they made us aware of how important it is for us to improve our coverage of Chinese market and also uh, understand Chinese mm -hmm. alphabet. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, matching against Latin names, but Chinese names. And that proved to be 
a really challenging, I mean, a great challenge for us, you know, because, you know, how do you do it? How do you do the matching and how do you do the translation? And uh, they helped us to jumpstart this effort by providing top publications in China. And uh, without going to, to too much detail, we're working on this. This is probably going to take a month still, but it's a great product because because you know uh, it's so difficult i like we like it when it's difficult because it's it's very difficult for others to do it right so essentially we're merging now traditional chinese simplified chinese uh, into our database i don't think there's really any products in general which kind of merge just all languages um, in one package. So it's like really exciting. So could you just walk me through how ArtTicker works from the perspective of an individual user? The, the, the feature which is most important for an individual user is, is search. You know, you, you, you put a name of artist you want to you wanna follow, you want to see what, what happens with that artist and you get a so-called uh, artist page. So Nicole Eisenman or Marco Baffo would, would have a page. One is I know the artist. Another one is I don't know the artist. I am looking. I am trying to discover a name. And Articker will give you 25 names of those who are gaining the most attention, being in the news. We're able to establish all these networks of artists who are related to one another just by how they're written about in those articles. So you can create this automated, you know, related artist spider network, which I think, you know, I, I know like RT done the genome project, but that's manually done. And so this is just like all algorithmically generated. And for us, it's fascinating because it's stylistically similar artists, just how, you know, they're together in the media. I have one final, uh, I have a wild card question for you. If you could infuse the field of computer science and data mining with a magical power, what would it be? But if you say about fantasy, right? The fantasy would be, would be, because how is artist becoming big? You know, I was recently reading Basquiat uh, biography, you know, and how did Basquiat became such a huge painter, now, now probably the, the biggest contemporary painter years after his death. And it is a lot to do what transactions, what, who is visiting his studio, who is uh, talking about him, who is, uh, uh, you know, so if you can capture, and, and there is more and more of this through media like Twitter and Instagram, etc. but there's so much noise, right? If I was able to filter this noise out and establish a really believable and trustable kind of trace of this, imagine being Having Twitter, having Instagram during early '80s when Basquiat was uh, was taking off, you know, I bet you there would be much more information there, which I can probably he would probably be in, on our radar very early. Right, you could do like a tracking software. There he is walking down the Bowery with Madonna, and right. you would know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That, that that would be that would be the dream, you know. That that <laughs> that uh, that yes, exactly. You know, like a, a bit of a privacy violation, but you know, uh, in a, yeah, in, for, a good, world, for, yeah. A, for a good use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a dream. That's that's a that's kind of a dream. Um. Okay. What about you, Conrad? What's your what's your answer? I mean, Tomash kind of uh, hit the nail on the head. That you know from a nerdy stand, uh, point of view about, you know, na natural language processing, because everyone asks, oh, okay, like, uh, how much does algorithm actually understand the articles that are being written about these artists? It's a, a tough, you know, question to answer. And 
how can algorithm understand sarcasm? Like if one, one person's writing a review on a particular artist like Jerry Saltz, like, you know, it's a very complicated just way of phrasing things and the computer still doesn't have the capabilities of understanding that. So uh, from a kind of quantifying that complexity, that would be really cool. That's like a really fun problem to work on. Who knows uh, who will solve it? But yeah, that would be more of like, oh, the, you know, the sentiment, uh, more of a sentiment analysis of, of what's being written about. For a fairy tale, uh, I'm always fascinated by if you go to the Louvre or you go to uh, the Whitney, just to count the number of eyeballs that look at e each specific piece and kind of have this, you know, counter next to each painting and see more on a human, human level, a very creepy, uh, just the, you know, the, the actual interest in, in real time. Yeah, it's funny because both of the things that you guys said could probably at some point actually happen. And, and this is all captured and measured because that's a main indicator, right? This early attention, you know, like Shazam, uh, I'm thinking about like, what would be a Shazam for the art world, right? And uh, Shazam is such an incredible music app, right? That people say like, who is that? Who is that? You know, like I'm listening and I want to know who is that? So how many people will ask who is that about an, an artist? And again, if they had Articard on their phone, they would uh, Articardize, Articard the, the, the name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so th there is there is a new there is a Shazam-like look, uh, you know, like a use of Articard. Yeah, and that's there's one that became a verb right away too. I'm going to Shazam that. I'm going right. to Articard sure. that. All right, all right. Sure. We said it here first. I'm yes. Look for it. <laughs> 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 it's been so great talking to you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. It's been really Thank fun. Thank you. Yeah, very fun. Bye. Thanks for tuning into Verso, an arts and culture podcast from Philips. I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Bye for now. <laughs>